Welcome to episode 47 of the TM podcast. Has been a while. Uh, uh, you know why. It's uh, Corona times still. Or COVID-19 and 20 and 21. Um, that, uh, let's say, didn't stop us from developing, but it <laughs> did stop us a bit from recording new episodes. But this is over. We now also have a remote setup. So here we are again. And today we talk about something that we developed quite recently, something that we, we call the error handling. Um, and yeah, basically what this is and some of the technical backgrounds will be discussed uh, in today's episode. And uh, we have a nice group of guests today, or guests, host, participants, uh, whatever we like to call it. Um, we have Patrick, Balash, and Kevin with us, and maybe, as always, uh, Patrick, can you maybe start introducing yourself, you as a veteran? You may know Patrick from uh, the very first episode of uh, the TM podcast, so that's... Uh, but still, uh, for those of you who don't remembering Patrick too well, maybe you can introduce yourself. Yeah. Hello, my name is Patrick. I'm working in the consulting organization. Um, in the area of transportation management and currently supporting the development team in various areas. And Patrick has been working as a development architect also before here, so he is more than qualified uh, to answer the questions. No, ask the questions today. Actually, Patrick will ask the questions today and uh, <laughs> we will answer. Yeah. Balash, can you maybe also add some words about you? Sure, um, I'm Balash, and I joined the TM development team only in March last year. So I'm quite new here, but I have some, I have um, almost 10 years of ABAP experience already. So um, the technical part, in a way, it's not new to me, but I'm, I'm new to TM. Uh, nevertheless, I had the chance um, to work amongst other topics on this error handling, and I'm very excited to record my first TM podcast episode yeah really happy to have you on board uh, on, on board this podcast episode but of course also in, in development and kevin can you also say some words about you sure also very warm welcome from my side uh, my name is kevin and i am now since may 2020 a developer in the tm community and yeah I'm quite new to the ABAP language and to the term processes, so I'm looking forward to this episode today about error handling. Yeah, thank you. And a very good position to ask questions, right, if you don't uh, have been involved. Yeah, today uh, our roles are a bit mixed. Oh, maybe I always introduce myself. I'm Bernd, Bernd from the order management team, one of the um, architects in that area and has been working in TM for a while and you may have heard me in previous uh, TM podcast episodes already. And today uh, our setup uh, is a bit different. So uh, Patrick and Patri Patrick and Kevin will ask the questions and Banash and myself uh, uh, will try to answer them. Um, so... With that, uh, I would hand over to Kevin, Patrick, to the two of you. What do you want to know about error handling? What is error handling? No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, so when I work for, for some customers, I, I sometimes have the problem that when, for example, messages arrive in the system, um, 
that they fail and basically I cannot correct the actual the actual error in that area. And I wonder if there is some news in this area, um, maybe some improvements um, in the standard um, system that help me here to improve the overall handling. What a coincidence, Patrick. Exactly for that problem. <laughs> Uh, we developed the uh, this error handling. So the what is the maybe yeah, what is the overall uh, idea of that error? Handling? I mean, there are all kinds of errors, but this uh, what we call error handling here, let's say, has at least the starting point in exactly the process that you described. So you you have a you receive a message, electronic message, so not a fax or something, so an uh, electronic message, and Unfortunately, there are errors in that message. For example, um, there's a typo in the uh, ID of the product uh, that's referred, or uh, it refers to a purchase order that you don't have or that you don't uh, detect. And what so far happens is that that goes back into the queue, into error, forward error handling, and that's it. And the technical user uh, can then basically go and uh, try to solve uh, the problem. In, in the process of the co-innovation project uh, that we had, uh, we had uh, to find a solution for exactly that problem. That, um, yeah, and, and with, uh, in the project, what we heard is that up to 10, 15 percent of the messages do have uh, some errors. And if now 10, 15 percent of the messages go into forward error handling, a technical user has to solve them. That's quite a job, quite a challenge. And also, um, I mean, this classic behavior that goes into uh, the to the queue, um, that means in the end, if, if you have an, an order with hundreds of items, if there's one tiny little bit wrong uh, for one of the uh, items or product ID or something, the complete message is rejected, which is also a problem because one possible workaround, of course, is that you record this uh, um document then manually, but then you also have to enter the 99 or 999 items manually, which are actually completely correct in the message. And to address that issue, we um, introduce the error handling. So what it does is you receive a message with an error or with multiple errors. And even so, it has some errors, and we come to that, uh, what is supported and what not. Later, is certain have a certain error, you can still save the document. So all the other 19, 999 items and all the rest of the document is saved together with that faulty item. Still, uh, you, you have an error. yeah. So uh, it's, it's not that we can just store it without any extra caution. So uh, this error is um, identified and persisted, let's say, in as part of the document, but as a clear uh, error, and the document is blocked, at, at least for the stops um, which are affected by that item. Yeah? So now the new situation is you receive an error with a message, or a message with an error, it's the same thing, no. Oh, you receive a message with an error, and uh, you can now store it. It is visible to business users, And uh, the document is stored with an error. And an end user can now go and can correct the error. Either by enter, for example, if the product ID is wrong, 
you can identify that and you can, for example, correct it because you know that supplier is always sending that message with that wrong uh, product ID. It's always the same error. If um, you can also call your supplier and say, okay, see here in that item, that reference, for example, this purchase order is wrong. Can you please check if you don't have the correct number? And then your supplier sends an update, for example, and the, the error would be gone. Or you can also, in, for certain errors uh, where, the, for example, the master data is not yet created, you can also do something what we call a retry. So, But in the end, errors which are user or solvable, is that a word? Solvable uh, by a business user are now visible to business users and they can uh, fix them uh, themselves. And once the errors are fixed, the document is also uh, unblocked automatically and everything goes on uh, yeah, as there was never an error before. So that's the idea. So this means instead of, let's say, um, keeping the, the message in the queue, we try to process the message and create or update the document, but only the bits and pieces of the message which can be processed and the bits and pieces which contains errors are, however, stored as errors. So the, the big mm -hmm. difference compared to the former world is that we really create the document in TM instead mm -hmm. of letting just the message fail. Exactly, yeah, exactly the point. So you, you see that document, now you have a chance to correct it also without being uh, uh, SMQ2 or whatever Q-Monitor uh, transactions uh, you're using. Uh, user, but it's really a business user can go, can identify the error and can more or less independently resolve them. Mm -hmm. That's the idea. And does it then completely um, replace the, the, the old logic, the old forward error handling and, and post-processing office or is it something I mean, which comes additionally to that? We, I think we should then also come to the type of errors because that's now a bold statement, right? So mm -hmm. <laughs> we, we replace forward error handling. That's Unfortunately, that's not the case completely. So mm -hmm. okay. we, we address certain defined errors. We may also come later to what we call error categories. So for every error that we handle, there is a clearly defined uh, scope for the error. What, what is that error? How can it be resolved, etc.? And this that it works pretty. And we have quite a list of uh, error categories. Balash, how many? Fifty something, right? Something something like that. Yeah. Yeah, but still there are more possible errors. For example, uh, if, if we receive a message and then that refers to a document type that we don't know, that is nothing uh, we can handle because no business user could solve that. Yeah, you could not just create a new uh, document type or something as a, as a business user or, or just pick a different document type because we would have issues uh, to create the document uh, in the first place. So there are still errors that would go into forward error handling. And mm -hmm. basically, that's all the errors that we not do that we do not explicitly catch in, in our new error handling. However, that, that number of errors that we handle in, in error handling is, uh, I think, will grow uh, over, over the years to come, decades uh, maybe even. Um, but we will never, let's say, completely replace forward error handling. There's still, if, if you have technical issues, um, really deep technical configuration that is missing or wrong, that's nothing. 
that's really it, it focuses also business users so errors that a business user can solve it's nothing not just another ui for the technical user but this is really for business user handleable errors okay and everything else is then handled by the by the old world so to say exactly the, but on, mm-hmm. that sounds now uh like strict limitation, but then again, if you look into that 10, 15% of the errors that we, for example, learned from the um, from from the project partner that we worked with, uh, the vast majority of those errors, at least after a certain setup phase, are master data errors, yeah? mm-hmm. wrong references to purchase orders, um, wrong typos, uh, whatever in uh, product or business partner IDs, that kind of error. So I think With that limited number of errors, we still expect to catch uh, the majority of the things that today uh, end up in forward error handling. Okay. Mm-hmm. And with which release is this functionality coming? Uh, the uh, error handling branch that comes with uh, S4, so that's an S4 exclusive uh, thing. It comes with 2020. Uh, so it's not 2009 uh, anymore now it's 2020 right because 2009 sounds 11 years old that's why it's now 2020 and it comes with feature pack zero already right we have some features uh, coming with feature pack one so with um, uh, yeah, sp1 of fp1 of um, s4 2020 there's quite some more features but i think the error handling is more or less like completely delivered with SP0, right, Balash? Yes, that's right. So um, there are some some improvements that we did in uh, FPS1, and most likely there will be some additional uh, improvements in FPS2, but uh, the core concept is delivered in uh, 2020. Right, right. And, and the stuff that we, the, the enhancement that we had there, they're also available as Node. However, yeah. I think anyway for 2020, Uh, going on SP1, uh, feature pack one is a good idea because there are uh, massive developments uh, that we had uh, to add. So the, for production, I think it's a good idea to go for SP1 if it comes to error handling. Um, but available, technically available, it's already with feature pack zero. Okay. So if we would go down one level, so one level deeper regarding the the different errors we we can we can catch or we can handle with this with this concept so you said technical errors that's a completely different story but mm-hmm. what kind of errors would then be the the majority what we currently handle with this concept maybe i can start and palashi you can uh, take over if you like so basically we we so far we foresee three let's say main categories uh, of errors the first one being the master data errors. So I refer to a non-existing or not yet existing master data object. For example, my product that I refer to in my item is not there. The, I don't know, business, a certain business partner that I refer to in my trade order or consignment order um, is not known in my system yet. Uh, that kind uh, of errors um, uh, is, is called master data errors. Then we have another uh, class of errors. And, and for that master data errors, I think we have in itself 30, 40, not 30 maybe. It's, it's really a majority uh, of, uh, of our error category. So it's, for example, it's a product uh, 
uh, on the item. It's the business partner or certain business partner on root level. It's the business partners on the business partner tab. It's the business partners on item level, etc. So more or less for every single master data object on every single BO node or what we call data node in this uh, consistent or in this um, uh, context here, we have a master data error category. The second major category are the reference errors. And maybe, Balash, do you want to add some words on what that is? Sure. So a reference error, um, as it, its name says, um, is, is created when um, we process a message that references a, a document that does not exist in the system. So this might be uh, a TM document, or this could be a document in the ERP, Referencing, for example, um, a purchase order for um, which we don't find anything with a given ID, and in this case, um, we create a, um, a reference error. Maybe we should also note that um, some master data errors can also trigger reference errors. So um, we have, for example, um, when we are looking for um, for a purchasing order, we also consider some information such as the product IDs and um, if a, a product ID is not found in addition to the master data error we also create the reference error because if if the product even if so even if the document ID of the purchase order matches if the products that are included are do not match then then we still create this reference error Ah, that's a very good point. Yeah, so it, it can also be a combination mm -hmm. of those errors, and it can also be a list of uh, master data errors. So one item can be, I, I don't know, could have like ten, or maybe not ten, but maybe five different master data errors, and then also most likely then also the reference error because if I cannot really identify the item, I also cannot identify the item of the ERP document, and then finally the freight unit as well. Okay. Okay, that's the reference error. Anything else for the reference error, Balash, for, for high level? Okay, maybe we come to the this life cycle of uh, how yeah, so, so the life, a uh, day in the life of a reference error, uh, maybe later, anyhow. Exactly. And then we have something uh, maybe like a spare category, what we call an advanced error. Uh, so far, I'm not even sure if we delivered something in that category. Uh, main category, um, but uh, that's more for more complex things like, for example, now we are, that's future, but, but maybe it shows a vision. We are currently doing a prototype with some students on if you have geo-distance determination errors. Um, that's, those are also end up in error handling. Again, this is nothing that we deliver. That's something we try out. But that would go into that advanced error category. It's not a master data error per se. It's definitely not a reference error. And if you don't know what kind of error it is, it's, it's an advanced error. So <laughs> in the end, uh, that's more like an open, uh, open category for more complex stuff. Maybe also something for enhancement. And we talk about enhancement definitely later. Yeah, so... Wrapping up once again, so we have master data errors. That's any field on any node that uh, refers to a master data that we cannot find. Uh, we have the reference errors and we have the advanced errors. And maybe one more word about the master data errors. Um, what we do, so what, what happens? If, if I receive a message with a faulty, for example, product ID, 
in, in the item. Then we leave in the actual item field, we leave the product ID empty. Why is that? In, in most cases, the leading field is, is anyway a GUI, the key, where we refer to our master data objects. And I mean, if we don't ident or determine the ID correctly, how what kind of key could we write there? And that would break up everything. So in the end, the product ID is kept empty in the item. And you have now an error, um, and then we talk about how I see that error later in the document, and, and which exactly states I, you have an error on this item for the product field. Yeah. Okay, maybe that's uh, enough uh, high level about the categories or types of errors that we have. But this means, so the, the type is actually only a grouping of the individual errors, correct? Or, or is it? Yeah, what I refer to, yeah, maybe I was not too precise, but when I said error category, that's actually, maybe jump a bit ahead, but error category um, in, in, in the error handling case here, that's um, really a combination of um, the, the field that has the issue and, and the node. For example, the um, product item, our product field on our item level, that is one error category. The shipper field on item, that's another error category. Mm -hmm. The consignee field on the item or ship to field uh, on the item, that's another error category. So really every combination of node and field, that's, that's an own category. If we talk about reference errors, Uh, we also have, it's, it's not just there is a reference error, but we know that's a, um, a freight unit reference error, or maybe you can mention some more examples here, Balash. Uh, yeah, so we have categories. Hmm? Yeah, for example, we have um, in freight orders referencing non existing consignments, um, or freight orders referencing consignments which themselves have an error have errors so yeah so but with, with, uh, go ahead sorry um so this this um i just wanted to add that this uh, master data error versus reference error this is mostly like a tra technical grouping so from the user point of view it it doesn't really matter there is this um tab where we display these error messages and they they look the same um so they have obviously different semantics, but um, it's it's not really um, it's it's more the way that we uh, technically divided these these error categories into master data and reference errors. Yeah. Ah, okay. Exactly. You will see that if I mean, and maybe we can also jump ahead a bit. So every error category that really identifies a certain error on, on a certain node has a, a referring handler class that we come to the details of that class later, but it's a one-to-one. -one. So for every single error category, there is a error class and most likely, or 99% in the cases, there's also a specific message ID, also user message uh, with a long text where the options how to resolve the errors are described. And that is, of course, for master data, it's a bit similar, but it's not identical. Yeah? Um, so that is what an error category actually is, a very detailed, it's, it's the field level, node field level, the error. What we talked about is 
master data error, reference error, and advanced error. That's more, uh, let's say, a logical grouping. You can only find them if you look into the class hierarchies, yeah, because master data errors have a lot in common. That's why the handler classes have a lot in common, uh, like 99% of the code or 90% of the code is shared for them. However, for, as Balash said, for the end user anyway, an error is an error, and it has certain actions, etc. To handle it, that's more like a logical uh, categorization of categories. But okay, what's a group of categories? A super category, I don't know. Meta category, whatever. Okay, so the, so the, the actual type, what we just described, the master data, the reference, and the advanced errors, it's just a kind of, as you said, a logical grouping mm -hmm. of the individual error categories where we will talk about, uh, I think, in a few minutes. A little bit more in detail. Okay, now I got it. Um, uh, good. The, for me, still, what's not 100% clear is how how do we get these errors? So let's. I, I receive a message. Okay, that's processed by the system, and finally, mm. I need. Um, so, what is an error, and how do we how do we create them, basically? Okay, so maybe that's that's a, that's a good point, good idea. So maybe we can go uh, to the day in the life uh, of an error. So from maybe and start with the creation, of course. So let's say we receive um, a message, and by the way, uh, we come to that a bit later. There are certain limitations, so that does not work for any message in any context. We come to that uh, in more detail later. So receive a message, and in that message you have, for example. Um, in the item, you refer to a product which does not exist in your system. So what happens? First of all, it goes uh, into the normal message uh, processing. Um, and from there, it goes into an engine which is called the update handler, which is for those messages yeah, taking care of, of uh, creating a correct document chain. And in this update handler, the check of master data of existence of master data um, is performed, right, Balash? That's yeah. yes. Um, if you want to be a bit more precise, even there's a, a component called the inbound agent before the update handler, so to say, and that's where the, this, these checks on on the different uh, reference master data objects takes place. But yeah. Okay, thanks. Yeah, I, I want to be precise, but I can't. So that's, that's why <laughs> it's very good to, to have you here. Okay, so in um, the inbound agent, so the master, first of all, it's checked if we detect the master data and uh, if, we, uh, if we recognize the master data. And so far, if we did not do, then we would go throw an error and go back into forward error handling. Now, um, I think... Or maybe it's best, Balashi, I mean, you wrote that part. Maybe you just describe what happens next. Yeah, yeah so um, the, the master data errors are, are detected in this uh, thing called inbound agent. And then um, the next step is uh, another component of this update handler called the service facade, where we do a lot of lots of things. Um, we also do this thing called freight unit matching, where we do um, the, the matching of, of the reference documents and link uh, them between each other. And this is the place where we check for reference errors, for example. And after this, so after we have um, the um, inbound agent and these uh, reference errors, there's um, then we gather everything 
and we create our document. If um, errors are detected, then we also create them because um, maybe I'll also jump a bit ahead. These errors are stored in, in the Tor BO, just as everything, all the other information, just like items, just like uh, stops and so on. Um, this error information is also part of the business subject. So, and then, then we also give this data to the update handler and then we store everything, including the errors. So that's how the, the document with the errors is created. So, so basically the, this ID, this faulty ID is removed from the item in that mm -hmm. example, right? And instead, or based on that detected error, um, yeah, the item field is cleaned up. But also uh, an error uh, node um, is instantiated. We come to the exact PO modeling uh, a bit later. But that's basically what happens. And then the item is created without a product reference, plus we create uh, this error uh, instance. That is how it all starts. And then you can save. Also, also important, maybe, if we create such an error instance, we, um, we also create a block. So that, because if there's no item, uh, or if you have such an incomplete item, obviously there's a problem for execution, maybe not for planning, but for execution. That's why we create an execution block. Um, but this block only uh, blocks the uh, stops which are yeah, linked to that uh, item. So if I have, for example, multi-drop, And that only affects my second drop in an inbound scenario. My first stop is fine, but I create a block for the second stop. If that's item, the first to second stop. Then the document is saved. Yeah? Item with an empty product. Block entry on stop level plus the um, error handling instance in that BO node and we come to the details of that later. But this means that this, this error must be identified by, by so to say, an external caller and not the business object itself. So the business object does not recognize the error itself, mm. but it is rather the, as you said, the inbound agent, for example, who creates that error in the business object. Exactly. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. That's as simple as that. So far, I mean, Maybe we come later also to an outlook, uh, and, and there might be other sources for errors. But so far, the concept is the error is detected yeah, outside the core BO model, and then the BO model knows how to handle it, but not how to detect it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's how it starts. And maybe if you like, we can also just take that, uh, let's say, from a user perspective, <laughs> maybe uh, continue the journey of that error. So um, so what, what happened now is the document is saved. This item has an empty product. There's an error entry and there's a block and this is solved. Now, first thing is how can I recognize or how can I find those um, documents? And uh, this is um, basically, as I said, we have blocks uh, for that document and basically Uh, we are using the block categories, which are, okay, there the master data and reference and advanced comes into play again. Um, so not every error category has its own block category, but we have only block categories like master data or, or reference error. So you can, in, in your POWL, um, you can, as I mean, already today, you can select documents by block category and that 
now also is used to identify the documents with a block category, for example, master data error or reference error. Yeah? So in the POWL, a business user can check, for example, all faulty documents or the one with reference errors or the one with master data errors. And then you have a list. Right? Then you have first a list of all documents which unresolved uh, document errors. Okay, that's a good starting point, but it's not solved yet. So then user can go into uh, the, for example, freight order. Uh, we identified this uh, master data product. Let's keep, let's stick to the product example. You can now go into the document and um, there's a special tab error handling, right? And in there, and yeah, first of all, you go into the document, you, you can go into the error handling tab and uh, there you see the list of errors. And maybe Balash, do you want to say some more words about the error handling tab and what it provides then? Um, yeah, so basically you have a list of all the errors that have been identified for this um, document. And then depending on the, um, on the error category, you have different options uh, to solve this. Um, let's say the simplest thing, for example, reference error, um, a document is referenced, the ERP document, which um, for some reason is um, not yet available, but then it, it appears in the system. So, um, then we can simply solve this by a retry. So that's one option. Yeah. Maybe one more thing you can start with is for every error, you also have a description, right? Mm -hmm. So you can oh, yeah, you sure. have a list of the error and then you can mm -hmm. uh, press on describe, I think something like that. And then you get a long text, uh, mm -hmm. or you get a message and it also tries to highlight uh, the affected node data. Like if you have the error handling tab open and the item tab open, then and, and you press describe, then you would also see uh, that uh, rare red surrounding on, on the product item field. Um, and you would get uh, a message for you know, which says, okay, product ID uh, wrong um, for, for that field. And then also it also tells you what was the wrong product ID. So we also store the faulty data because it might give you a hint to correct the data. And with that faulty, um, uh, or with that message, there's a long text where the user uh, gets information how to resolve uh, the error. As mentioned, we try to address end users. And one of the options that we typically have is a retry, where it just, yeah, just takes the value as it has been sent and try to, uh, if it works now. Yeah? So for example, a product, maybe it's something where the master data is not yet created. It's not a typo, but... Uh, your supplier did send this message so fast uh, that you didn't even have the time to create the master data part of it. Um, and, and that's why you do just have to wait. Yeah? So uh, half an hour later, the master data has been created. Then you press retry and everything is fine in that case. That's one option to solve it. Um, uh, but I think there are more options typically, right, Balash? Yes, so um, let's say we really had a typo for a product ID. And then um, to, next to the error message, you have an input field. And then you can actually correct this, um, this faulty value. And um, you also have a nice search help, which is um, so smart that depending on the 
on the error category. You get the relevant search help. So if you have a, a wrong product ID, then as soon as you start typing in, then you get the search help for a product. And yeah, the same, for example, for locations or that's, uh, that's another um, option, but you can also um, correct this field um, on the item itself or, or the faulty node. So you can actually, you don't have to necessarily do this in the error handling tab, but you can go into the your items or, or your stops and, and then correct um, this data there. That's also an option. Exactly. Or the you, you call your supplier and the supplier sends a new version now with corrected errors um, and always a correct product ID and then this error will also disappear. So basically the error disappears as soon as the field has been uh, filled with a valid value. So it knows that this item has a problem and it also knows what kind of problem based on the uh, error category. And now if this problem on this item has been resolved on whatever way, so there is a valid product ID in, in the item, then the error is resolved that this error disappears. So far we do not store resolved errors. That's something for the future. Um, and also the once when, when all blocks are gone, uh, sorry, when all errors uh, are gone, then the underlying block is also uh, removed. So in the end, so once again, so the when the message comes in, the error is detected, the field is cleared in in the field in the what we call data node, like the item stop root. We create an entry which identifies that error, and also we have an yeah, but but we come to the BO modeling later. So we create an entry that uh, that there is an item product uh, error. And once for the affected items, there is a valid product or for affected business partner node, once there is a valid business partner ID, key in the end, um, then the um, error is resolved. The error is error handler, error instance is removed and also the block finally goes away and the document looks like uh, it never, never had a problem. In the end. Maybe what's still um, worth mentioning here, so um, these actions like retry and so on, this is quite flexible, so we can offer up to five actions, um, if I'm correct, on the UI, and it, that's completely flexible, so that we can provide different actions um, for different error categories for the solution. And that, that's a good point. We, we come to the technical modeling, I think, in a minute, but more or less every error category has uh, assigned, yeah, we already talked about messages, so the end user uh, side of the story, the search help is something that is uh, more or less defined by the error category uh, in the end, um, and also the action. So Balazs already mentioned up to five, I think so far our maximum is two or three, right? It's a retry is very popular. It's over, almost there. But we have two or three examples where we have more actions, but uh, hopefully uh, we will um, find other, let's say, actions that help the user to solve their problem. And then you could have up to yeah, five actions, which then with a button description, and then, of course, an underlying 
yeah, system uh, behavior if you press that button. And then every, okay, now that's a disadvantage of an error podcast, but <laughs> audio podcast, error podcast, okay, audio podcast about errors. Um, you have the list of errors on, on the left-hand side with a description, then you have to have a describe button, and then you have the buttons to solve the error, like the retry, and then you have the input field where you can just enter values where applicable. Of course, that's not always uh, possible, but in many like master data uh, cases, you can just enter the corrected master data ID. Then those corrected data, by the way, are also checked, so I cannot just enter anything, and then this is goes through. But it's again checked if this is a valid value, and if not, uh, yeah, you get an error message if this is that you failed to correct the failure, and um, then you have to try again. But this means errors are usually corrected, so to say, manually by a user, except you get an update via, via a message. Then it mm -hmm. also is also corrected. So you can either change yeah. mm -hmm. the, let's say, the faulty value to a correct one, mm -hmm. or in case of reference errors or master data, which is not yet there, then it can also happen that it's the, the error is corrected automatically, so to say. Because uh, you enter, for example, all the actual field which is which is uh, not correct mm. is now maintained correctly, and then the error would also be go uh, gone. That's a very good point. In the end, there's even one more option that I forgot to mention. It's a mass retry. Um, so in the POWL, if if I'm not wrong, we introduced uh, uh, also a mass retry button. So you can also select all your consignments. I don't know. They may be restricted. Uh, to a certain supplier or something. Yeah? So you can select documents and then uh, perform a retry on all uh, errors of that node and then it, resol yeah, it resolves as much as possible. Yeah? Of course, if the retry still fails, it fails. But um, with that, you can also mass uh, retry from POWL. And I think we even have a report, but I forgot its name. I think I've wrote it myself. So maybe uh, we can check that and also provide that. Uh, but if, if you search for reports with error in it, uh, that, that should be possible. So you can also just uh, run a report that kind of selects um, all documents with errors and um, would then uh, do a retry automatically in the background. So yeah, good that you asked that. Forgot, uh, I would have forgotten to mention it. And POWL mass retry is also available. Because retry is something that you can just blindly do. I mean, just restore the original value. and But of course, it only makes sense for not yet created data. But for example, for the reference errors, if you have that kind of problem frequently, that uh, the... Because in the end, maybe coming to the reference error, it is not enough that you have, for example, the purchase order, but there must be freight units which refer to that purchase order in the end. Yeah? So, uh, and maybe if for some reasons the freight units are not yet created, um, then, uh, yeah, a retry would work even so the, the number, or the, the purchase order uh, number did not work before, but after freight unit creation, it would work. Same if you already receive a freight order and that points to consignment, And if this consignment just arrives five minutes later, it can be solved by an automatic, automatic retry as well. So that's also a very efficient option, of course, for applicable errors. That's not, let's say, wouldn't work for everything, I guess. Typo is a typo. 
but uh, for, for everything else, which really can be solved by retry, it's a nice way of solving it. And then once you click, click on, on retry or you change the data and, and say retry, then uh, the message is adapted and you send it again? Or how is this error then also resolved? Is there... No, the retry is... Um, if yeah, Maybe we come... Uh, We come to, to the details of the BO bottling uh, in, in the end a bit later. But we, when we store such an error, we store also, as, as mentioned, we remove the data from the item, for example, from the data node, but we store with the error the original value that was part of the message, for example. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, and for example, I don't know, we, you, you received a, um, on the item a product one, two, three, and this is not yet there. We store that. Uh, in the in this error instance, yeah, we store that uh, product uh, one two three value. And if you now press retry, it will just try to, or it, it emit or mimics that you enter product one two three into the product field. In the end, so there's no new version of the message or something, but it just the value that has been um, sent originally. Tries to kind of re-enter that data and check if it's now a valid value, but it does not go through the complete error handling uh, process, right, Balash? Uh, not to the message processing uh, completely, right, Balash? It more mimics the user entry. Yes, um, depending on on the on the error category. So for some. Some categories really trigger a new processing of the message, like the reference error, for example. But uh, yeah, for master data, that's right with what you said. Okay. By the way, after a deep thought, now I remember the name of that uh, retry report. Uh, it's SEMTMS TOR underscore retry underscore errors. Sometimes it's good if you think deep enough then you remember all the report names. Okay, that's maybe for the life cycle of an error. So you said that blocks are usually created in case there is a document error. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? So does it? So do so we real? So you have the errors on on let's say different levels. So you might have an item error and you might have an a business partner error, and all are creating then root locks, or or you mentioned also stop-based blocks. So can you maybe just say some words on, yeah. on, on that? So how are the stops, uh, the blocks basically created? Yeah, I think we still owe, kind of owe uh, our audience also maybe a podcast episode about blocks. But in the end, right, we have um, a block um, defines yeah, that a certain document or part of document is blocked for certain activities. So basically we have the planning block. That means this document or this part of the document, like a stage, should not be planned. We have an execution block. So I should not execute that part. And we have an invoicing block, not invoicing that part. We have that on header level. So that means the complete document is blocked, right? We introduced that, uh, or we had it already earlier and on stage level. So like for freight units, yeah? if a freight unit stage is for example, incomplete or so, then this stage is blocked, but the other stage, which does not have that problem, can already be planned or then also executed. And now, for the sake of that development, we introduced this block also on stop level because yeah, we had our discussions with the customers and they said that they have cases where um, 
yeah, certain uh, locations are fine. So on the same document, they go to an inbound scenario, for example, to two plants of mine. And they don't want to block the complete uh, document just because, uh, for example, you deliver to, I don't know, Berlin and Frankfurt or so. And of course, in Berlin, everything is fine. But in Frankfurt, you might have an issue. Uh, and then you do not want to prevent delivery or execution uh, to, to Berlin just because there is later something wrong in Frankfurt. Because that can be fixed while the truck is uh, moving from Berlin to Frankfurt. That's why we introduced that blocks on, on stop level now. And for every error, more or less we, we know for every error the, the where it belongs to. For example, it belongs to an item and it's this item is an inbound item, then we know the inbound stop needs to be blocked. Same if it refers to to stop itself. Yeah? So master data, the location is unknown or so, then also the stop is blocked. But if it refers to, I don't know, the carrier or something which is header level, then the complete document is blocked. So it depends a bit. Okay. And as soon as we create uh, such an error, so far we create an execution block that is hard-coded actually. Um, we only defer between master data reference and advanced errors, but that's also just, a, let's say, for, for grouping, there's no technical difference between them. And then you have an execution block on stop level or on root level. So kind of context sensitivity uh, exactly, blocking yeah. the document. Okay, so only the needed parts are really blocked. Okay. Yeah, as fine as possible, yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could still, see, yeah, yeah. But it's a bit technically driven, to be honest. So for the item, we know what's the uh, stop references for stop. We know it for stage. Uh, we know it. But on header level, uh, there might also be cases where you could say, okay, but it only affects, I don't know, the first stop or last stop or something. But so far, uh, it, that would be a complete document uh, block. If we have nice ideas or our customers have nice ideas uh, on how to make that more granular based on clear criterion, then we would also be more granular there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so this means actually this new concept you can you can more or less handle all the errors which we which we might even think of. So for example, some semantic problems we might have the document has or the weight is too high and then we we create an error. Or is it is is this concept of blocking the document only or can you only handle certain certain errors? Yeah, of course, if you think long enough, maybe you can apply it to more and more areas. But but in the end, uh, there are certain limitations, or maybe we, we should call it rules for for errors that can be handled with error handling. First of all, uh, I think we mentioned that uh, already at the beginning. It, it should be something that can be used uh, solved by a business user. So uh, that that's one rule. So that's why. Uh, if it's really a technical problem, which anyway is something for a tech user, then uh, forward error handling is the right place for, for the technical user. So that is one more semantic uh, decision. Then the second one is, uh, rule is that, of course, we, we need a clear indicator that something is wrong. For example, a, a product ID that we do not know, that is something that we as a program, yeah, uh, or, we as a developer and, and actually our programs can detect clearly. So there's, we say, okay, if, if, if let's say the product ID is, I don't know, is very unlikely to be sent by this carrier, uh, by the supplier or so, something like that. 
is, is, is nothing you can code against. Yeah. So either is this an error or not, but so far. Yeah. So, um, um, so we must be, we have, must have a clear rule where we can identify that this is an error situation. For example, the product ID does not exist. If it exists, but it is for whatever reason not suitable, that would be something to think about at least. What is that clear criterion uh, where you say uh, this is right or wrong? So it must be a clear separation. And that, that holds true for the creation of the error, but also of the resolution. So there must be a clear indicator that this error has been solved. If I, if I say, like your weight uh, problem, if you say, yeah, the weight is now okay, then we need a crystal clear indication what okay means. Mm. I don't know. We, we could talk, I don't know, something like a capacity check. If you say, you know, do error handling for capacity checks, then you would need a clear rule where you say, okay, you have such an error if the capacity is violated. Then we have an error. If it's not violated, it's no error anymore. Then it would be suitable. But if you say, ah, mm, should be okay-ish, yeah, but 5% is okay, or maybe 7%, it depends, then it's not a candidate uh, for, for the error handling. So there must but, be a but, clear rule. Hmm? Okay. But it somehow sounds also like, uh, let's say we have a clear definition of what is the error and when is it resolved for master data error and for reference errors. Mm. But when we think about these advanced errors, actually we can substitute what, not whatever, but many additional errors, which we yes. might think of If, in future. But again, there must be a way that we know now the problem has been solved. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So of course there can be more complex than yes or no, but mm -hmm. there must be a rule so far. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't, of course, We also already discussed about manual overriding kind of errors. And as I said, this distance uh, error uh, is maybe, again, not so black and white or weight. So there might be more to come. But for the moment, I would say, as a guiding principle, also if you think about, let's say, your own or using the error category maybe for that field or so, um, then um, uh, you should have a clear understanding on when do I create the error, when do I remove the error. Mm -hmm. Also, what is the error that I, that, that I want to present to my end user? So what do I tell my user uh, how to solve the error? If you don't know how to tell it your user, most likely it's, it's not a candidate for error handling because if you don't know how to what to tell the user, then the user will also be lost on, on how to solve it. So if you cannot write a long text for a message, that's maybe also an indication uh, for error. Um, that is not applicable for error handling. Is the error handling actually limited to, let's say, one field, or can I also have a combination of, of attributes which form the error, so to say? So if it's I have... Combination of attribute, I would say it's not a problem. Combination of nodes is maybe okay. more of a challenge. We come to the technical modeling, I think, well, in one of the next... <laughs> Steps maybe we should also discuss the uh, the technical modeling and maybe from that uh, it becomes clear uh, what what is it as a technical uh, um, surrounding or limitations uh, that we have mm. here. Okay, because we also talked about this this kind of error category and I mm. think you also mentioned sometimes the kind of handler classes and so on. So mm. there seems to be some error category specific implementations or. How, how is that overall concept 
Yeah, so every ever in, in the end, um, but yeah, maybe we can just uh, slide, slowly moving over to the technical uh, part of, of the modeling uh, and maybe also come to the handler classes and, and what they handle. But in the end, more or less all all steps in the life cycle of such an error are handled by error handler methods, class methods. So you have an, such a handler class for the error category, and that is, for example, called uh, to um, check if the error is resolved. Yeah? It is also called uh, if you enter a value, to that, that you make sure that the value uh, is, is appropriate uh, for your um, handler class, or for your error. Yeah? So... I don't know if, if you're like it's a numeric field or so uh, that you then validate the input that the input is numeric or or whatever yeah, if it refits. The F4 helps are described or defined by the error handler class. So more or less everything uh, in, in the end. The actions, yeah, the actions, their names, their icons, all that comes from the error handler class. The handling of the actions as well. So you have it more or less in full control. The only thing that you do not do in the handler class itself is the creation of the error. Error, obviously, because, I mean, to create the error and identify the error handler class, now that's a catch-22, right? If the error handler class, which depends on the error category, uh, would also be responsible for creating the error, uh, yeah, that would be a catch-22. So in the end, that is something else. So if we come to that later, there's some coding where you can... Uh, create your errors in message processing uh, in the end. Where did so you this mean for mm -hmm. for every error category and every error category is really the the smallest piece, mm -hmm. so to say, because yep. it really defines a unique um, error. Um, there is a class which actually defines the the context of this error and the additional information and characteristics. Uh, everything of error. exactly. So for every error category, there is a class uh, that has no other job than handling exactly those errors, but all aspects of that error. Mm -hmm. There is a little little bit around it, uh, and maybe, maybe let's jump into the BO model, and, and then maybe that explains what is done outside the handler classes. So if, if we create such an error, we already talked about error categories, yeah? Um, this needs to be stored somewhere. So if I have like three errors for item 20 and two errors for item 10, there needs to be a, a place where we store those errors. And that is done in a new BO node, which is called, it's below the root node and it's called error underscore handler, right? I think so, yeah. Maybe I just think a bit longer and now, ah, uh, um, now I remember that it's called underscore error underscore handling mm -hmm. uh, after deep thought. Uh, that's the error handling node. And this, in the end, uh, it has as a main indicator the error category because there's so much depending on the error category. I think we discussed that already uh, quite a bit um, that this is stored in, the, um, in this error handling node. But not only that, also the wrong value, the value that has been uh, set uh, originally, or sent, yeah, or, pro or product underscore 123, for example, that needs to be stored somewhere. And this is stored in that uh, error handling node. 
And actually, there are two values that we can store. That is, for example, for the reference errors relevant, where we have the, um, yeah, the type code and the ID that in the end identifies uh, a reference error. And that's already it on, on that level. But you might ask yourself, um, how do we know which item is affected? And that is a subnode of that error handling node. So below the error handling node, if I think long enough, so the subnode is called error underscore instances. There we have a pointer to the actual, yeah, for example, item keys. Why is that a subnode? Um, um, the ratio behind that is that we think that we have some cer certain errors that affect many nodes. For example, I have this wrong consignee. Uh, for example, for 10 items, I don't want to see that error 10 times, but I want to see that I have this error 10 times. So, but as one error that I also resolve it in one go. That's why we decided that the error with a error category plus the um, uh, wrong value and additional wrong value uh, for, for context um, is stored um, independent of the error instances. So in the, in the instances, I mean, we are in Bob, uh, so we can just store the keys and the error category would know what is the node I, I take care about. Yeah, because it's item product, it's root party, or root shipper, root consignee. So I, I know the node from the error category already. Um, then I just need to do, uh, save the um, instance. So this, the GUID of item 10, the GUID of item 20, etc. And that's it in the end. There's one more thing, however, and for performance reason, on the actual data node, like our item in, in that case, there is also a field that indicates that this item, for example, has an error. So uh, the field is called node underscore has underscore error. So well, that's node has error. And as, as long as we have an, an item level, for example, there's at least one error um, um, instance pointing to that item, then this node has error yeah, is true. X is not an issue. Yeah? And that, why is that? In the first place, performance. So because now if I'm in the after modify determination for such an item, I know, okay, something changed on the item and the item has an error. So maybe my problem is gone. So it notifies uh, the, nah, so I'm on the item. I, I see I have an error and um, there's an association technically from the item to the error instance node. No? That's because it's all GUIDs and all BOP, it's pretty straightforward. So we from the item, we can easy, um, easily uh, navigate to the respected, respective error handling node in the end. And from there, we, we know we have the error handler class and then we say, okay, dear error handler class, can you please check if your problem is solved? As simple as that. And then we said we have five different errors on the item and maybe the user solved three of them. Then three of the errors will be gone, but the other two will still remain. And with that, also this node has error flag remains. But after the last uh, error has been resolved, then also this node has error flag is also resolved. And then also, if, if that is resolved, <laughs> the uh, error handling class or error handling node is uh, solved and disappears. And with that, the block disappears. 
All that is done in, in the end with after modify determinations. Yeah, so you have an after modify determination on the item. Uh, this then calls the action, so to say, uh, or calls the uh, error handler class to check if the error has been resolved. If the error has been resolved, then this error handling instance is resolved, is deleted. If the error handling instance is deleted, the block uh, is checked if it is still an error instance there. And if not, the block is also deleted. So all that's normal Bob stuff. I think if you don't know what Bob is, uh, there are two episodes uh, about that that you may listen to and then hear that again, then you will know what we are talking about. If he did not already lose you beforehand. That's in the end the modeling. So you have an, a node where the error is also displayed on the UI is stored. And that is it's really a small one, it's for, <laughs> at least for us. Uh, so it's only the error category and the references and, and, and the node, so item or so. Um, then the actual the, the pointer to the instances, which is that error instance, and the flag in the actual data node, in the item, in the stop, on the root level, etc. And that's it from a BO perspective. But, but that also means that uh, uh, coming back, uh, closing the brackets, your question was, can I, with that advanced error, um, can I resolve uh, or can I model any kind of error? At least if it's kind of cross-node, then you have to think about how to, yeah, where, which node is marked with node has error in that case, some, for example. Yeah, how do I make sure that it's removed uh, correctly? So that that would be a challenge. Then, if I have, uh, I don't know, a combination of fields on different nodes, uh, then the current concept uh, I think would come to to its limitations. But if it's just a custom field on root level, custom field on uh, item level, a combination of fields on item level, I think that's all fine. Or also if the hierarchy is clear that you say the, the field on item level must match something on root level, and but the error is on item level, that's also fine. Yeah? Mm. The only challenge is then if, if it's possible to change something on root level and that should also trigger a re-evaluation, that would be a bit tricky uh, in that case. Mm. But for, for I think there are many use cases where you are let's say, um, yeah, bound to one node and maybe a combination of fields on a node, but uh, in the end, um, you are on one node. Plus, you have some context maybe from other nodes, but that, that you have a combination of values of different fields and any change on any level uh, can solve uh, the, the error, then maybe the error handling is not yet there. Okay. But this means, again, we have basically an external caller who creates these instances, so actual BO node mm. instances in case mm. there is an error. Mm. The BO is somehow self-containing itself, meaning um, the BO detects if the error is solved mm. by calling or by asking, so to say, the individual handler classes. Exactly, that's and a good point. Whole... So it's BO itself doesn't know if it's solved or not. It asks mm -hmm. the handler classes if it's solved or okay. not. That's a good mm -hmm. point. Hmm. 
and then once everything's solved so to say the error instances are gone and then also the blocks are then removed again and this is again done more or less by by the business object itself exactly the error instances are gone once the error instances are gone the error handling node it's grouping the instance is gone and that uh, with that other blocks are gone exactly okay. that's the technical uh, sequence if i'm not wrong right but just look at that's that's, okay. that's yeah. correct mm -hmm. thank you okay And this feature is is something which we which we just have activated in standard, or is it is it something which you can call uh, which you which you control by the by the handler classes, or how do you control this, this mm. feature? Palash, do you want to answer that, or should I take it? Yeah, so there um, there's some criteria. Um, so as you mentioned, this is um, mostly in the context of message processing. And um, there is um, a limitation here. So um, this is active in the service, which is called the transportation order generic request or the TGI. Um, and then in addition, um, there's a customizing um, where you can enable the um, this error handling basically. Mm. For the on document uh, uh, type yeah. level, right? Yeah. One it's more available. Yeah. So it's available for freight orders and for for consignment orders. Exactly. Yes. Freight orders, consignment orders, freight units, not yet, right? No. I think because we don't have the use case yet. Yeah. And maybe one more comment on the message. It's this, as Balash already uh, mentioned, the transportation order generic request in. And I think there's one or two more uh, prerequisites. One is that you um, uh, uh, have that replication indicator, I guess. So those of you working with messages would know better than I do what this means. Uh, or if uh, the... Um, Was it called the delta handling? I wrote it somewhere. Wait one second. Complete transmission indicator, you mean? Ah, yes. Now, if you mentioned, <laughs> if you're using this uh, com uh, complete transmission indicator, only then it's active uh, for, for the moment. Maybe we will widen uh, the scope, but that's, let's say, what we use for our, for the 2020 um, core scenarios consignment inbound message, freight order inbound message. Um, and, and that's why we focused on that. It might be widened. And we also think about, let's say, message external usages. But so far, it's actually only within a message. Yeah? So let's say if you if look at standard, it's only used uh, in the message handling so far. For, and for that specific message with that specific prerequisites, and if the customizing is active, that is, of course, a um, compatibility uh, consideration. We think uh, it should always be active. Um, And, and we also default that, if I'm not wrong, for new document types. But of course, if you just upgrade and don't care about uh, that feature, you, you still want to see the errors in our forward error handling because this, this is where your people are used to uh, look for it. That's why you have to activate it in customizing explicitly because there was a different behavior before and compatibility is king. Okay, so basically you, you control the behavior via the, the type customizing mm. and currently it's only, so to say in quotes, activated for the transportation order generic request in mm, service exactly. message, which supports processes like uh, 
the Tor generic in, so the, the replication Tor generic in ASN whatsoever what's coming next. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, but that's another episode. Maybe the consignment order uh, might be something. Uh, it's a it's a very prominent uh, user of that one, uh, which is uh, to be discussed in another episode. Yes, but that is a. ASN in, in the end will typically end up being a consignment on our side, consignment order. And there is where we typically have that kind of master data errors in those scenarios, but of course also for freight orders. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, you know, I'm from consulting. So usually I also love to use these features in customer projects. So is there any option to easily enhance it? So if I have a dedicated error, I want to do a, my own error category or so. Patrick, you so never far. get enough, right? So, okay. <laughs> Don, you said more than 50 error categories. Isn't that enough? But okay. Okay. Yes, uh, there's a chance uh, to enhance that. And maybe, Balas, do you want to uh, spend some words on what needs to be done? Yeah, so I think if you... Uh, For greedy, if, Patrick? <laughs> if, if, we, <laughs> if you've listened carefully until now and then uh, you ask yourself, uh, how could you then create your own category? I think you already have the answer. It's, it's quite straightforward. So, um, yes, it's possible. You can define your, your category. And as you already know, a uh, category has its own handler class, which implements a certain interface. And then uh, you have to implement this class. And then there is a set of methods um, that you have to implement. You can also choose to implement from one of our uh, standard superclasses. For example, if you just want to create a new like master data error, then, then you can inherit from the superclass for the, for the master data errors. And then you will probably only need like a couple of lines of code to, to specify for which field um, you want to create this um, error category and, and so on. And then once you have um, the category and its handler, then there's a body where you can register it and add it to the list of the available categories. And then you just need one last step. You also have to um, identify the situations. Um, as we mentioned, this is not done in the BO, but it's, it's done outside. So um, there's a body um, during the, the service processing um, for the TGI service. And then it's possible to create an, an enhancement, uh, a body implementation where you detect this error situation and then, then you write um, this, uh, this error that you've defined. Sounds easy. Patrick, more questions. <laughs> Maybe we can also mention some of the names. So first of all, the error categories. They are defined in the domain um, SCMTMS uh, and then tor underscore error underscore cut. That's, I think that's the first step uh, that Balash mentioned. So you have to enhance that um, domain by your own yeah, Z uh, category. Uh, it's a character 10, so there should be plenty uh, space for a meaningful cat. Um, That's the one thing that the, the interface uh, that you have to implement, uh, it's called uh, SCM TMS uh, and then IF uh, underscore Tor underscore error underscore handle. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the interface. 
Um, then we have the body, SCMTMS, Tor, underscore, error, underscore, handling, underscore, cut, where you do the mapping. Yeah? This error category, this set error category belongs to this handler class, which then implements that interface that we just um, mentioned. Um, and, and the last step is then uh, this body uh, where you rewrite the error from the message. And that's SCMTMS, Tor, underscore, SE, underscore, Tor, underscore, GN, underscore, rec. And in there, there is a specific method called adapt underscore data underscore. Ooh, no, I lost my memory. Uh, Tor <laughs> um, uh, underscore GN underscore rec. Uh, that's the name. And then uh, adapt underscore data underscore for underscore OMUH for order management update handler. Um, that is where you then write the, the actual error. And then the structure, what you write there, is pretty much what we just described uh, um, a structure uh, for the error handling. Yeah, that's an error handling class and the instances you're referring to. And if I would if I would create an error category, let's say, which is um, where there is a similar error category already in standard, so on the same node and so on, then I think everything would work more or less out of the box. And if I would introduce a new node or if I would have an error on a node which doesn't mm. have any errors mm. in standard, I would have to do some enhancements in the determinations and so on. Which Exactly. So you should follow that node has errors pattern. However, you have to implement the after-modified determination and the call yourself, but then you can just follow the pattern that we introduced in all the other nodes that already have that uh, error handler. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Sounds like a really nice concept and feature and has a bright future, I think. <laughs> yeah, we hope so too. So uh, we talking about future, maybe so some thoughts that we have. Yeah, again, we typically talk just so. What we talked about so far is mostly there. Uh, uh, some visions that we have uh, here is that we also store more because so far, as, as mentioned, if an error is resolved, it's really gone as it was never there. That of course is lean. And uh, and has a data was datensparsamkeit. Also, it's a lean usage of data uh, for sure. Uh, however, for some analytics uh, or or even for improving solving errors in the future, uh, we think about uh, storing uh, more information on on the error and how it has been solved. Maybe when it has been solved, by which means it has been solved. So for example, an error that is typically um, resolved by a retry after 10 minutes, we, we may even schedule. Oops, sorry, schedule something. Um, um, yeah, like 10 minutes later <laughs> or something. Yeah, to take an example, that is one thing. We already thought about usages in, in planning, like the mentioned uh, geo or distance determination error. Uh, that is maybe a candidate, maybe capacity check errors that we also make those more, let's say, explicit, um, uh, explicitly handled. Um, and yeah, I also hope that it has a bright future <laughs> and that we can use it also for, for other scenarios um, that we didn't even think of uh, so far. So. But so far, it turns out nice. Also, our colleagues from IPSO, so what was... Uh, the artist formerly known as Custom Development. Uh, we worked very closely with them in a recent project, and they also already introduced their own error category. So 
we know that this is not only theory that we <laughs> described. Uh, so, um, but that is only available with feature pack one or some notes, the, uh, that full extensibility. Um, but yeah, I, I also think that's a good feature. Uh, can be can solve a lot of problems, uh, and hope we did it well. Okay. Then, if there are no more questions, even uh, from Patrick, <laughs> then no I think we... everything's solved. Hmm? Everything's solved. Everything's answered. Okay. Then, uh, yeah. Thanks a lot, um, everybody. Uh, then we can call it an episode. I would say. Uh, oh, well, one one hour twenty minutes. That's a solid episode. But it's okay. A lot of details. By the way, there will be. Um, there, there is. We are currently preparing another podcast. Uh, I think I said that a year ago already, right? So, what we're still preparing is a very deep preparation, uh, where we go a bit deeper. For example, we now just mentioned that there are different interface methods, etc. So we, and this other podcast is TM podcast, but the black belt edition. So it goes more into technology, not. Uh, we don't stay uh, that much uh, on the surface like today, but we go into uh, some more details, um, like the interfaces, uh, etc., cetera, uh, interface methods uh, required here. And we also plan to have an episode on, on yeah, more deep, uh, on a more detailed level, how to create such an error instance um, in this new uh, podcast to come. But that's just a plan so far. It's not a promise. Um, but a plan, uh, at least, and we hope to uh, deliver that as well. And then you, if you like this episode and <clears throat> now want to go and create your own error categories, it might be worth listening to the other one. We will announce that uh, on our usual channels on SCN, this LinkedIn Transportation Management Group, uh, and Twitter, yeah, the TM Podcast Twitter account, and then you would uh, find us there. So thanks a lot, um, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for asking, thanks for answering, and have a good day. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye-bye, thanks. Mm-hmm.